time no talk, my friends. Welcome back to A Girl in the Word podcast. I am your host, Kaylee. I am a lover of books, of houseplants, iced coffee, and most of all, Jesus, which is the center of this podcast. It has been a really long time since I uploaded a podcast episode, and for that, I apologize. Uh, life got in the way just a little bit. Um, and if I'm being honest, I felt a little bit of imposter syndrome. Uh, but then I realized, no, God has given me this desire for a reason. He's given me this platform for a reason. And it's not obviously a massive amount of people, but I want to honor him with it. I want to honor him with all that I do. And so I am back. Uh, I have at least nine, I think, more episodes coming your way. So I hope that you are ready. But with the intro kind of out of the way, I want to talk about um, mastering your anxiety and having trust in Jesus in this episode. And I think that this is so, 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 so important to talk about during this day and age. Just, I, I just want you to listen to a few of these statistics. Um, according to Statista from June 29th through July 11th of this year of 2022, around 29% of U.S. adults reported symptoms of an anxiety disorder during that week alone. According to the ADAA, which is the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, over 19% of the population have an anxiety disorder. That's almost 40 million adults, age 18 and older. A generalized anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million adults, or about 3% of the U.S. population. A panic disorder affects 6 million adults, or 2.7% of the population. A social anxiety disorder affects about 15 million adults, which is 7% of the U.S. population. The acronym for that is SAD, and it is equally common among both men and women and typically begins around age 13. And last but not least, anxiety disorders are affecting 32% of adolescents in the U.S. between ages 13 and 18 years old. And so the organization, the ADAA, says that anxiety disorders are treatable and the vast majority of people with an anxiety disorder can be helped with professional care. Several standard approaches have proved effective, such as therapy, medication, complementary and alternative treatment, and transcranial magnetic stimulation. So naturally, I had to find out more about what transcranial magnetic stimulation is. And essentially, TMS creates this magnetic field to induce a small electric current in a, in a very specific part of your brain. And I'm not going to go any deeper. If you're a Googler like me, you can Google it or you can read more about it on the ADAA's website. The point is, is that people are suffering. People in the U.S., people across the world, people are, they're suffering. And I want to talk about very quickly what anxiety is, what are some risk factors with anxiety, and then I want to bring you a biblical perspective to anxiety, and then towards the end, I'm going to give you two kind of action items, so to speak, um, that I believe are going to help you cure your anxiety. And I know that that is a bold statement to say cure your anxiety, but 
I truly, truly believe in what I'm going to say towards the end. And so, and I'll, I'll even tell you a story, uh, a personal story, but um, just stick with me. We'll get there. And right now I'm going to tell you just a little bit about what anxiety is. So anxiety can be feelings of restlessness or feeling on edge. You can feel fatigued often. You can have difficulty focusing. You can have irritability. There are these excessive feelings of worry that can often be difficult to control. You can have difficulty sleeping. And so some of the risk factors associated with anxiety can be increased stress. You can have low self-esteem, major depressive disorder, or other mental health disorders. And then lastly, um, substance abuse can occur. So this has all obviously been very depressing so far, right? It's heartbreaking. It's eye-opening. But what does the Bible say about anxiety? Well, the Bible actually has quite a lot to say about anxiety. And I just pulled a few of the Bible verses um, for you. I could have sat here probably for the next 15, 20 minutes and read you all of the Bible verses that that talk about this in some form or fashion, but didn't want to overwhelm you right off the gate. So I'm going to give you a few. The first one I'm going to start with is Philippians 4, 6, which says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Second Timothy 1, 7 says, for God gave us a spirit of not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Matthew 6, 26 through 28 says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Luke 12, 25 through 26 tells us, and which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you are not able to do as small thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30 says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Second Thessalonians three sixteen says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. John fourteen twenty seven says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And if we go back to Matthew 6, 26 through 28, Jesus is telling his followers that he's got it covered. And if they have any doubts whatsoever, they need only notice the carefree attitude that the plants have. He teaches us to look and to learn from them because how much more will he care for us when he cares that much for the lilies of the field? There is this great reassurance in that, in that story that he cares about our anxieties, but that they are no greater than he is. The name of Jesus is above every other name. 
far from condemning us weak and frail and fragile human beings, God actually cares about your anxieties. In 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And that word cast comes from the Greek and it means to throw up or to place upon. This indicates a person who is hauling around a a burden and needs to actively take that burden and relocate it. And the Bible tells us so clearly what the antidote to worry or anxiety is. Because in Philippians 4, 6, if you remember, it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, meaning with a, a grateful heart, let your requests be known to God. He's always available. We ask him for solutions and we do so with this grateful manner, with this grateful heart. And we show that we trust him, that we know that he is going to answer our prayers. This, my friends, this is called faith. And it's so simple, yet seems to be so difficult for us who like to stew over our problems. And those of us who who worry We assume that we have more power and more control than we actually do. But true freedom from worry actually comes from releasing all of that entirely to God. The Bible ultimately tells us that the more that we listen to God, the more that we give our heart to him, the less anxiety we're actually going to have. Because anxiety is all about worries and concerns and fears and feeling as though we are not adequate to the task of coping with the world around us. Believing in God, according to the Bible, is all about complete trust and faith. It is about immersing yourself in God's love, dedicating yourself to him, being obedient to him. This is the path to a a content and fear-free life. So what is the root cause of anxiety then? Because there is a root cause to every issue. While many things, maybe including past experiences, sudden life changes, you can have extreme stress, these all will trigger anxiety. There is one thing that truly, ultimately causes it, and that's fear. And we're not talking rational fear, like being afraid of heights or snakes or crawly bugs or whatever it is. No, the root of anxiety is irrational fear. It tells us things like you are not good enough. You will never amount to anything. No one likes you. No one loves you. God has forgotten you. God does not care about you. No one wants you. Too much bad has happened to you. And anxiety is going to magnify all of these lies. So that instead of living out the truth, we live from the point of these of our biggest fears, of these lies. But God did not design us to fear. Remember what it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. So to conquer anxiety, we have to conquer our fear. And so you say to me, I have no idea how to do that. That sounds great. This is great. I have no clue. Well, let me see if I can help you. This is where we come to the actionable ways that I think that you can begin to conquer your fear and your anxiety this year and forever. And the first is to spend time in the word. Spend time in the Bible. 
I know, I know you're thinking this is so cliche. Of course, she says spend time in the Bible, but this is actually the most valuable thing that you can do to conquer your anxiety because fear begins in your mind and it's going to work its way to, to your actions. But in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Just two verses before that, the author of Corinthians says that we live in the flesh, but we do not fight in the flesh. Our true battle is spiritual. And just a pause real quick. I am also working on the episode for uh, spiritual warfare. I think it's either going to be the next episode or the third episode. By this point of you listening, it will probably also be live. So go and have a listen because um, I think we don't talk enough about spiritual warfare. And so, yeah. Uh, just go have a listen. Let me know your thoughts. But we have got to fight these spiritual battles with spiritual weapons, which means that we overcome anxiety in the spirit, not in the flesh. If you listen, just listen to all the Bible verses that I read previously. Jesus does not want us to be anxious, but instead he wants us to rest in him, to release our cares to him, to rely on him for everything we need. Think about the analogy of building a house, right? You build a house brick by brick. In a a very similar fashion, you build patterns the same way, layer by layer. And so once you experience something once, that doesn't necessarily mean that you've built this house in your heart. It takes years, years of thoughts, of opinions, of belief systems to form that whole house. So what does that mean? That means it's going to take some time to completely dismantle that house. But we do this through God's word because according to Romans 8:37, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Second actionable item I have for you is to be mindful of your thoughts. You are what you think. Point blank, period, end of story. Therefore, it's important to meditate on the truth. And that is the word of God. And it's equally as necessary to make sure that um, you are not feeding your mind with negative thoughts. Negative thoughts are going to come. I have them all the time. We just do not dwell on them. We do not sit in them. In Philippians 4, 8, it tells us, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. So consider these questions when you're thinking. What is true? What is noble? What is right? What is pure? What is lovely? What is admirable? Entertain those thoughts. Give those thoughts a home in your mind. Reject all of the negative thoughts. And I'm going to end this episode by, um, I'm going to tell you a story. Because I think it's one thing for me to sit here and preach at you, in a sense. Uh, It is another thing entirely for me to profess how good God has been in my own life when I myself have been a ball of anxiety. And I will do a whole other episode on this kind of subject in particular, but at the end of this year, at the end of our, at the end of August of this year, 
my brother actually entered into a rehab facility for an opioid addiction that he has been suffering from for a long time. And this past summer, it seemed like he was just spiraling out of control, just completely out of it, costing himself and us, his family, tons of money, uh, mental exertion, emotional distress. It was all building. Um, and this is, I, I should say, this is not just this year that he, it got worse this summer, uh, and in the last few weeks, but it, it, this has been going on in his life for, I would say like maybe the last five years, my mom would probably argue the last nine or 10 years. Um, but it was, it was building and it was a lot to deal with on top of everything else. And, as we started to approach 21 days of prayer in August, because if you remember, my church does two times a year, 21 days of corporate prayer and fasting, and and it's in January and it's in August. And so we were approaching 21 days of prayer. And I told myself I was going to truly cast all of my cares and my anxiety on the Lord. Because if I'm being completely honest with you, this situation caused me severe anxiety. And something you should know about me in particular is that I am not naturally an anxious person. Um, I am, I, I just, I don't really suffer from any form of, of major anxiety. Like, like I have the last maybe six months or so. And it it was getting to the point where every time he called, I dread, I dreaded seeing his name on the screen. Every time my mom called late at night, I thought it was to tell me that he had died. Every time my sister texted at at a weird time, I thought it was something to do with him. Every time he would try and pretend that he was listening or wanting to hear something about my life, it was just this emotional manipulation to get more money, to get more pills. And so I was anxious and if I'm being even more honest with you, I was not trusting God entirely with this situation. I knew that I had seen God move in a very big way in my family's life the last three years, but what I didn't trust was that he had this whole situation with my brother. I felt like he was so enslaved by this addiction. I felt like the enemy really just had his claws so deep into him that I even had this terrifying dream earlier this year that that woke me up out of my sleep. I was drenched in sweat. Um, it was it felt so real, and it was about this problem that he was having. And I just felt like God was telling me, "Hold on," that. God's got this. He's coming. It is just not time yet. And that we had to persevere. And so fast forward to August, right? We enter into these 21 days of prayer and I am armed and I am ready for battle and I am a nervous wreck. Um, I go into this, this 21 days with, with a warrior mindset and I put on the armor of God every single morning and I went to war. I went to battle alongside my mom. And I just aggressively started casting all my cares on the Lord. And I began to feel this peace and this reassurance that God was working all things out and that he had always been there, that he always will be, that he's never, not once left us, never forsaken us. I I began to speak the truths that were in the Bible that I was forgetting that I wasn't focusing on because I was letting my fear take over. I was letting anxiety root itself in my heart. And so I began to demolish strongholds during these 21 days of prayer. 
alongside my mom. Again, we went to war every single day for my brother's heart, for his soul, for this addiction that had him trapped and enslaved. And I prayed for breakthrough and I prayed for restoration and guidance and help. I prayed for help more than anything that God would step in on this scene and that he would make a way where I felt like there was no way. And so slowly but surely over the 21 days, God began to move in big ways, in small ways. And I'm happy to report that at the end of the 21 days, actually on day 22, my brother entered into a rehab facility. He is 25 years old. He was not forced. He did not overdose. The law was not involved. He chose it. He chose to get help. And I remember on day 14 or 15, he showed up to prayer with my mom. And out of the corner of my eye, I could see him over there raising his hands and, and just worshiping. And, and I couldn't help but think that that was just, just a small moment, a small, minuscule moment of surrender for him, knowing that he could not keep going this route, knowing that his life had so much more purpose than he had been living. And this comes, he came to prayer a few days after he had decided he was going to go and get help. So when I tell you, when I sit here and I record this and I tell you, you hear my voice, I tell you to cast your cares upon the Lord. I know from experience that this is not easy. It is easier for me to sit here and say it to you versus you going and doing it in your own life. But I am here and I am telling you that God truly does want you to cast your cares on him. Just go read the Bible verses that I laid out earlier. Memorize them. He is way bigger, way more powerful, all-knowing, gracious, kind than we could ever in our wildest dreams imagine. And it is by the kindness of God that my brother is where he is right now. It is by his mercy. It's by never giving up, by praying without ceasing, by battling it out in the spiritual But more than anything, it is by knowing that God answers our prayers based on who he is, not who I am, who you are. So I began to pray the scripture back to God. And I said, this is who you are. This is what you said that you will do. And I believe it. And I receive it. And I claim victory in Jesus name. And I honor you. And I trust in your word, God. So that anxiety that I had and that fear that I, that was taking root in my heart began to be dismantled day after day. So now I live with complete open hands, knowing that no matter what, God has got this. He's got my brother. He's got my family. He's got every single situation. And worrying, sitting here worrying and me trying to control the situation is not helping. It does not help me my mental state. It doesn't help my family, my brother. It is not helping. It also shows that I do not completely trust God. And I did not like that. I didn't like that sentiment. I wanted God to know that I fully trusted him. So I surrendered this whole situation and I just went to war and I saw God step in and I saw him make a way where I truly could have never imagined on my own. I could have never imagined that being the outcome. And so I hear you. Believe me when I say I hear you when you say that it's hard. 
because it is. This is not easy what I'm asking you to do or telling you. It's not. It's hard. Many nights spent crying, calling out to God. It's hard. But just just picture, just think about what's on the other side of surrender. Just think about what could happen if you actually decided to cast your cares on him, if you actually decided to trust God and release all those worries. So I, I, I should end this also. I, I, well, I really should have started with this, but a, a full disclaimer to this episode is that this is not meant to replace any sort of medical advice that you have from your doctor. I want you to follow whatever treatment that they have prescribed to you in addition to what I have shared in this episode. Remember that God also heals through doctors, medicine, treatment, but I strongly personally believe it is in combination with what he has already given you, which is Jesus, his son, and his word. So if you have made it this far, you're a champ. I honor you. I thank you for listening. If you have not already, please subscribe to get uh, notified when all the other episodes come out. And if you haven't listened to all the other episodes that I have on here, please go give those a listen. Also, if you feel kind enough, please consider rating the podcast. Uh, it helps with all the things, and I would appreciate it forevermore. Lastly, uh, if you want to get social, go follow me on Instagram and TikTok. I think it's a girl in the word podcast on Instagram. And then I think on TikTok, it's just a girl in the word, but I'll have it linked in the description for you. Um, I, I genuinely do love connecting with people. So I look forward to connecting maybe with you over there on one of those platforms. And if you ever have any questions or you need a, you, you have a prayer request or, or anything like that, or you have a request for maybe you want me to dive deeper into something in a specific episode or whatever it is, please, please don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I genuinely love connecting. So, um, yeah, I look forward to connecting over on either one of those platforms. And so I will leave you here. This is long enough, but um, go listen to all the other episodes. Reach out if you have anything to say or you just want to say hi. And I will see you next time. God bless. <laughs>